So, England are Bob, and that's all I've got to say. But a massive congratulations to Scotland. We'll be discussing the Scots' triumphant 0-0 draw with the mighty England on the Cork Hill Network. And here's Gascoigne. Brilliant play! Oh! Take a bow for that! Welcome to Pandev's Island, part of the Euro 2020 series. I'm Danny and I'm joined by Dan. Hiya. And Kev. Evening. We were talking um, on one of the first episodes about England flags and we haven't seen any. There's a house that they've got some England pictures that are sort of hand-drawn, hand-written in the window. And I'm going to describe these pictures and you have to guess which city or town this is in. Let's see, see how I can describe this. So one of the pictures, it's a hand-drawn picture of Gareth Southgate, full waistcoat, um, coloured. Uh, it's got the blue trousers on and the blue waistcoat. Then it's got a, a hand-coloured England flag on A4 paper. In each corner, it says, tits out for England. One in the middle, uh, it's just an A4 bit of paper with it's coming home with a black and white football in felt tip drawn in the corner. Another one says Southgate, you're the one. One is another England flag, says fish, chips and goals. One is a shirt and it says on it three lions on the shirt. Ironically, I have no lions, just the words. And then the last, but definitely not least, it says honk if you're horny for Southgate. So um, we were saying uh, that no one's getting uh, patriotic, no one's got their England flags out. Well, that's this house has just disproved that. Um, but having just described that, can you guess where this this is, where this picture was taken? Sounds like a Macam. Oh, I'm going to go for somewhere like Doncaster. I think you're probably closest, Kev, to be honest with you. Uh, we did have some guesses on Twitter, actually. Uh, Jonathan says Grimsby. I think he was probably the closest. Oh, yeah, it's not a bad shout. Borough Boy says Jaywick. I'm not even sure where that is. Is that Jaywick? Yeah, I think it's Essex. Might be wrong. And Del Boy says Hood has failed. Um, none of those are the right answer. The right answer is actually Lincoln. Ah, what's the fish and chips then? It just says fish, chips and goals. Grimsby was a good shout then, wasn't it, with that? I don't know why I said Doncaster. To be fair, just it, it, it if it's the pictures are, of, are as rough as it sounds, then that, I think that's probably why I went Doncaster. Anyone from Doncaster listening? <laughs> I, I don't even know if they've got internet there. I think you know, they've not even discovered fire in Doncaster. <laughs> Excuse me, Ross. I just checked Doncaster off our uh, towns that listen to Fearless Island. So, obviously, today we're here mainly to talk about the England-Scotland game. Um, probably not in the tone or the the excitement, I guess, that we was all expecting, let's be honest. Um, let's start with the lineup then. Um, mainly no Grealish, that was the big one. What was everyone's thoughts on the 11 he went with? I think he set up far too defensive. Um, obviously, playing Rice and Phillips... In the, 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 the identical players was a mistake from the off. 
Um, we all expected Grealish to start, obviously, but yeah, it's he's just he, he got it wrong, didn't he? Let, let's be honest, he he got it wrong. Um, Kane again, second game in a row, didn't show up. Sterling wasn't on the ball this time. Um, so yeah, I think obviously the blame lies with Southgate, really. That's the thing in it with this. We say, yeah, he's got it wrong. But I suppose if we'd have lost to Croatia, we'd also have said he'd got it wrong. Um, would we be saying he's got it wrong if we'd have won? Um, probably not so much. See, I understood that Grealish exactly a little bit, um, mainly not because of his ability, but mainly because Scotland were going to go out to foul, weren't they? And Grealish, let's face it, can't stay on his feet. That was the only... Only reason I thought he may have left Grealish on the bench. I mean, in the first, what, three minutes, Scotland committed, what, four or five fouls? So they were obviously out to, you know, to unsettle the players that way. But that was honestly the only reason that I thought Grealish weren't in the side. And I thought, well, it sort of makes sense. But that lineup just didn't pay off at all. And you're right, he got it completely wrong, didn't he? It says a lot when your defensive players and your keeper are probably the best players on the pitch as well, really. Um, let's be honest, Scotland with a better side. I don't think anyone can uh, argue with that whatsoever. What was your thoughts, Dan? Because obviously you was at a download festival, weren't you? So you didn't watch it in real time. You watched it later on. Yeah, so obviously I had the the benefit of, of watching it already knowing the, the score and the disappointment. So I, I guess I had a different uh, viewpoint on the game. I, I was disappointed with the lineup to to begin with. Um, I think most English fans are going to be disappointed when they see Sterling on the field just because he, he tends not to play great for England, but he scored in the last game, so it's kind of expected that he would be would be playing. Um, but yeah, Grealish was a big miss. Of course he was. Um, I think you make a good point about why he probably didn't start because of the fouling, but really, if, if we're being honest, he, he still should have been on that pitch. Even if you take him off in the 50th, 60th minute, just to not have that sort of creative ability against a side that are, are going to go out to foul it, it gives us better opportunities down the field if we can get a couple of set pieces further down the field which Grish will give us because he's going to get fouled constantly it might have given us a bit of a, a foothold in the game I don't know defensively I didn't like the way we lined up either um, I'm not a fan of Reese James personally uh, I think someone better could have played in his position uh, Luke Shaw, I'm happy that he started, but Maguire probably should have have gone in ahead of Mings for me. And yeah, it's it is what it is. I feel like we could have put that game to bed in the first 20 minutes. We had three or four clear chances where the ball should have been in the back of the net. Stone's chance, you know, Mount missing from three yards or whatever it was, and Foden missing from a similar sort of position. Three chances in the first 20 minutes, and we should have been three 0 up. We could have coasted that game from there, so we wasted it. If Stone scores early on, that it's it's a the game's opened up, hasn't it? Um, but again, the substitutions we got them wrong. I think he for, forgot that he's got the five subs. We brought on Grealish eventually. Um, by that point, I think it was too late for him to really get into the game. And uh, when he brought on Rashford, that was, um, you know, I thought Calvert Lewin on for Kane, if anything, would have been much better because I think he'd have caused them more problems up front. Whereas Rashford, you know, he wasn't, he didn't really offer anything at all, did he? Um, 
And I think going back to the defence, I personally I thought James had a good game, um, but I would have probably preferred at that stage probably Trippier to come in um, over Walker. But I think overall, I thought the defence and the goalkeeper had a good game, which when you're playing Scotland, is it says all you need, need to know really, doesn't it? I think the biggest thing we need to take away from something like this, though, is we can't break down the Scottish side. What chance have we got coming up against a, a France or an Italy who haven't conceded in an 11 games now? Yeah. Like, there's just no, you just you can't see it happening, can you? There's obviously something wrong with the tactics. And I, I, I don't want to place it all on Rhys James because it might not be him, to be fair. But, I mean, there's several opportunities, especially in the first half of this game, where... I mean, Kane's been poor positionally, in my opinion, all tournament so far. But the you know very few opportunities that he's ha- been in the box, ready for a cross, you know, it's been on the right side, and James has been in a position, he's got the space, he, he should be putting the cross in, but he's he's passing back to to Foden for some reason. And, and this is now, this is now where people will eat their words and should take a long hard look at themselves when they laughed about Trent getting injured. Of what he would have brought to the team. Who laughed? Potentially. I don't remember anyone laughing. Low, low end of people were laughing on Twitter and everything were saying that when Trent was, wasn't injured, that he shouldn't have been going anyway. It was the best thing to happen, was him getting injured. I've seen it all over the place. I didn't and see any of that. You're looking at the Manchester United and Liverpool banter page, aren't you? <laughs> he's the sort of player that puts them balls in time yeah. and time yeah, again. So, so is Trippier. Why, why isn't Trippier starting at right back ahead of Reese James? He's trying to be too clever, I think Southgate at the minute, and by clever, he's, he's trying to, he's trying to too much with his rotation, and is it, and he doesn't know what his best eleven is, or he does, and he's just not playing it. Um, I think what the weird thing is, you know, when we was talking about, and it was a joke when we was talking about the Southgate in outer meter, and after the Croatia game, everyone was saying, you know, it's a bit daft, you know, Southgate in. I've I've got to be honest, I'm on the fence now. That game has really annoyed me. And the way we set up and the way there was just no urgency. And it got to the stage where we were playing for a draw and Scotland were playing for a win. He's had a year to sort this team out. So to say he doesn't know what his best eleven is, yeah, you're right. But there's just no excuse. He's had plenty of time to, to sort this. And there's been a few injuries here and there, but it's not like he's lost anyone massive, is it? I don't think we've, uh, you know, in terms of players and squads at a manager's disposal, I don't think we've had a good chance as this in the last 15 years. And I'm at that stage now where I'm thinking, is Southgate going to ruin it? Because people have been saying all week, Southgate's our best asset. Well, is it? If he's, you know, if he's making these sorts of decisions. I mean, you said Sancho weren't on the pitch because he's, he's too young and inexperienced. Well, why take him then? Why take him at all if you're saying he's too experienced, too inexperienced? How's he going to get that experience if you're not going to play him? It, it just makes no sense to me that he, he would say something along those lines because obviously Bellingham's in the same situation, plays for the same team, even younger than Sancho. They both, in my opinion, should be, if not starting, at least getting sort of half a game in in most of these fixtures. You know, Sancho's a regular for Dortmund. He starts pretty much every game when he's not injured. And he's just won the German Cup. You know, they regularly finish top three. He's key 
to that Dortmund team. And yeah, all right, the German league is not the best league in the world, but it's not, you know, a farmer's league like the French league. It's There's decent teams in that league. And, you know, he's got Champions League experience. He's scored in the Champions League. So is Bellingham. Why are these two players not starting? It's weird. I think he's just generally just use it as an excuse to keep Sterling in the team. And I say, you know, he should be making way for the likes of Sancho and Bellingham and give these guys, especially against a team like Scotland. Out of those three group fixtures, if you're going to play an inexperienced team, out of three, you'd, pl- you'd play them against Scotland. Well, Sterling's been poor for City for the past year, 18 months, really, hasn't he? So... It's, it comes as no surprise to me, but I think a lot of people had rose-tinted glasses on after the Croatia game. Um, if we were sat here now and we drew against Croatia and won 3-0 against Scotland, same amount of points, same position we are. He's, people would be uh, just as it made people be just as happy, wouldn't they? It's, uh, yeah, it's a result it's, at the end of the day. Yeah, so I think he's. Uh, he bought himself, I say bought himself a bit of time, but he's, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. But he's took a bit of pressure off himself, in a really, with having that win against Croatia. If, like I say, if it was the other way around, we wouldn't be having a conversation, I suppose. If we'd have lost that game against Croatia, yeah, it'd be a totally different story now to not, because we'd be then relying on beating Czech Republic. And as we've seen so far, Czech Republic aren't going to be easy to beat. But then on the flip side to that, if we draw against Czech Republic, is that going to be better for us considering the draw? Potentially. Um, at the end of the day, you, you, to win it, you've still got to beat the best teams, whether you face them now or at, in the final or semi-final, haven't you? It's, uh, you've still got to beat the best. So when people sit there and say, they oh, they'd rather finish second and play, is it Sweden or... It was, was it Sweden and... I can't remember who else it was now. It was the choice of Sweden or Spain, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Um, listen, you've still got to you say, you, if, you, if you can't beat a, a decent team in the last 16 or the quarters, then you don't deserve to be in the final anyway. So I'd just say, let's just beat what's in front of us and, and go for it. Point. I suppose it's just that it would be a massive shame for this group of players to go out in the second round, do you know what I mean? Yeah, looking as a journey-wise, length of time in the tournament, the longer you're in it, the better for everyone, for the players, for the fans at home. Yeah, you want to be in it as long as possible, but what do you go out to Spain in the last 16 or do you get to the semis and go out to in Italy or France? It's still going to be just as disappointing, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I guess. I suppose uh, with this team now, the expectation is much higher than it was in the last World Cup, won it? So if we got to the semis, I don't think anyone would be surprised. Whereas in the World Cup, we were, weren't we? I don't think anyone expected us to get there. Morale point of view, we have to go out so attacking against the Czech Republic now. We can't afford to do anything other than win that game by two or more goals. Because we... It, regardless, we're going to have no hope in the next round. The players are going to be downtrodden. They're going to be looking at all these reports in the media saying that we haven't got it because, quite frankly, so far, they've done nothing to show that we have got it, you know, friendlies included. So we have to go out and put out this masterclass performance and, you know, with the tactics that we've set up to do it in, which is, you know, the formation is a very balanced one, but it doesn't really give you much in terms of creativity. I, I don't think we're going to do it. If we was to get to the semis or to the final, say, and, and lose and, or go out, does that buy Southgate another few years? 
Sadly, yeah. This is the thing as well, isn't it? Even if we was to go out um, at this stage now, the group stage, I still don't think the FA would get rid of Southgate. I really don't. It's 18 months to the next tournament, isn't it? It's, it's too short a time for, for them to really consider it unless there's someone incredible available. And exactly. quite frankly, there just isn't. And I think it's, it's, it's a shame because obviously, like we said, Southgate had a lot of backing um, from most England fans and has done for, you know, ever since he obviously we had that World Cup run. But I think it's just one game now has really undone a lot of that. And a lot of people are now starting to, to question whether, you know, he's right man for this job because, you know, we have got this great group of players who could win this tournament. I'm not saying they will, but I'm saying they could. And, you know, if you've got a manager who is weak um, and is unsure, um, then it's, it's not going to happen, is it? it? And the book stops with the manager at the end of the day. I don't think necessarily you could look at any of them players. Like, yeah, in a lot of England teams in the past, you could say they couldn't be asked. You know, you Rooney's, you know, Rio Ferdinand's, even Steven Gerrard on occasion. Kev, I know you disagree, but sometimes you look at them and go, their heart's not in this. Their, their heart's back in the Premier League with their clubs. There's not one single player I don't think you can say that about. It's just, it, we just set up so wrong. I mean, there was that period, wasn't there, where there's the older Simpsons gif of this soccer game where they're just passing it across. There was a good period where we was just doing that, just sideways and backwards passing. And it was just like there was no intention to go out there and get a win. Maybe it is a master plan to finish second in the group, and uh, maybe we're just on course for that. But I don't know. Overall, I'm disappointed. And uh, you touched upon Kane earlier on, Kev. Um, you just, before the tournament began, we were all, uh, it was up his arse, weren't we? Uh, Is his head in the wrong place? Did all this move from Tottenham, has that caused any issues? Is his head in the wrong place? It does make you wonder. I mean, let's be honest, he's probably knocked 50 million off his price tag on the last two performances. City have just put in a bid for 100, haven't they? Is that confirmed bid, is it? think so yeah it's confirmed and they've said that they can have option of a player as well it's, i think it was like they're free to choose from like a list of like 20 players or something like that there's only like a couple that are off limits man city ridiculous aren't they they just literally throw money at it and still can't win the big one still back pep guardiola even though for me i think he's well overrated it's strange though isn't it because obviously since uh, Mourinho went to Tottenham, Kane's started to drop back a lot more and try and win the ball and start attacks from midfield himself. And it works in the Premier League. You know, he's got, I think, what, he's, it's over 30 goals this season, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, so obviously he's doing something right at club level. I don't understand why he can't transfer that. Well, no, I do understand because he's never in the right position. But it, 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 something's obviously going wrong in, in Southgate's tactics to not accommodate this new sort of style that works so well in the Premier League, but for some reason can't transfer over to the to the, the biggest stage, I guess. I think the biggest thing is probably his head isn't in it. He's probably got that much going on behind the scenes with club moves and... What's going? Are they um, obviously they're in an England camp, aren't they? Now, as if they were playing abroad or whatever. Are they allowed to? Obviously, with him playing at Wembley, is he allowed to go home? Is he allowed to see his family? I don't know. How's it all working? I don't know. I'd, I'd hope they'd be 
you know in hotels and in like a you know like a proper camp you know like they would be but who knows maybe he's just disappearing and going home because then obviously we're looking at um uh billy gilmore catching covid and i'm sat there thinking well has he has he caught that because surely the just the team are just staying together and they're testing regularly but you know if he's you know just down the road because they've been playing in scotland don't they maybe he's just popping home um it's uh i mean you would i mean and that's another thing obviously gilmore um testing positive now Chilwell and Mount have got to isolate, haven't they, for, for 10 days. Surely someone needs to be looking at the England management team and asking why that's been allowed to happen. Isn't it something to do with they, there's a photo of them hugging or something? Yeah, after, but but then it's only, 50, you've got to be in close contact for 15 minutes. It's got to be close contact and it's got to be 15 minutes. So why have they been allowed by the England management team to spend or do whatever they've done for that amount of time but it's put them in that position that's what i mean and maybe it's a lack of authority from southgate as well i don't want to just go back to him for the sake of it or not blame like a, a covid outbreak but then you know obviously we're not behind the scenes but then you look at gareth southgate and if he's laying down the law are you going to listen when you're 22 23 24 i don't think i would he's not the most authoritative figure is he I'm, I'm not even on the fence, really, with him. I don't think he's been the man from day one. So you're and Southgate out? I'm Southgate out. I mean, you look at the list. I mean, it's hard to say because there's a list of available managers who are free now. Would they want to go into an international role? That's, that's the biggest thing. At the moment, I, I will back Southgate until there's a point where I physically cannot anymore. But I would agree to the point where, you know, there have been certain performances, i.e. Scotland, Denmark this time last year was it where I've looked at the team I've looked at the selection and thought Jesus Christ what did you expect yeah. and I think that's why we're looking back now I mean one obviously when the lineup was announced and I don't know what it was but just before kickoff I just had this really bad feeling and uh, you know I think looking at the national anthem and how up for it Scotland were and Scotland wanted that didn't they I mean and like Kev said earlier, they probably deserve the win overall, which really pains me to say. But at the end of the day, you have to expect that with that rivalry. And, you know, that counts for so much more. You know, if Scotland weren't our rivals, I still think we'd, we'd have beat that 11. Even on that day with that lineup, we'd have beat that 11 set of players. But of course, it's Scotland that it raises... You have to raise your game for them, even though they're... I mean, yeah, I mean, to be fair, this is probably the best Scottish team since, you know, the likes of Gorham, McCoist, Hendra, um, you know, all, all those all those players from sort of 96, 98 era. It is the best Scotland side since then. But let's face it, they're still not a great side, are they? But that extra fire that they'll have will count for a lot of that, that effort that they had. And I think... Like I said, towards the end of the game, we're setting up then for a draw. We're playing for a draw and they're trying to win. They're bringing on attacking options and we just look bereft of ideas, I thought, at that stage. Well, it's sure like it's... any derby game, innit? It's, uh, like you say, form goes out the window completely. It could be a team top against bottom. And if it's a derby, it's uh, it's what happens on the day, innit? But I think we went into it too complacent as well. I think the fans did. I think the players probably did. Um, 
Yeah, predicted a, predicted a 4-1 win. So. I think I said from the first part, I'm sure I said they'd get something. I'm pretty certain. I said I didn't think we'd beat Scotland. I think you said you was worried about them. And we yeah. Have to. Well, the tip of the week, you see? Tip, yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah, I should have gone for. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they, they were up for it, weren't they? And even, I think Ali McCoy on commentary said that he was, after the, you know, the first couple of minutes he felt like he wanted to march down on Carlisle and he's like all right calm down mate you know but he sort of he was bang up for it wasn't it and you could see by the way they celebrated after the game as well they celebrated like they'd literally won the world cup which is uh also testament to how much more of a superior team and nation England obviously is but you know they stopped short at a lap of honor didn't they but you wouldn't have been surprised if they did that the way they reacted. But again, it meant a lot to them. And I just wish it meant as much to them as it to, to England as it did to Scotland, because we'd be sat here having a totally different discussion because we'd have won that game. What about the penalty? The penalty that VAR didn't even check. Like, what's the point in VAR if it doesn't even check for a game-changing, potential game-changing decision? Because I thought it was soft, but I also thought it was a penalty. It was more a penalty than not. Definitely. Um, but like you say, if if the technology's not being used for what it's there for, what it's uh, what chance do you have? I think if you take emotion out of it, it's probably the correct decision because, you know, potentially, yes, it's a foul. I think it's a soft foul. But there's no opportunity for Sterling to score there. He's running the ball out of play already. He's got no chance of doing anything with that ball other than seeing it out of the, the touchline. So, you know, in, in the context, it's, it's, you know, he's not stopping anything from that foul. It's, it's, yeah, it's, you can't give a penalty there. You can't. We've seen I less just, given, though. Yeah, of course exactly. we have, yeah. But the standard of officiating at this tournament has been a lot higher than we're used to seeing in the Premier League. Yeah, we've not really talked about the refereeing, have we? Because you're right in what you're saying. It has been a lot better. I think for me, that my gripe is that VAR just didn't check. They didn't check it. And it was like, well, that's the whole point. It's there, right? It's a potential game-changing decision. Referee didn't, wouldn't have been able to see from that angle. But they just said no no penalty. And I thought they should have at least, you know, used the technology that's there to, you know, make a decision at that point. But, yeah, I thought, you know... I thought it was soft, but I thought technically it was a penalty. It was a foul. He made contact with the player, not with the ball. And, uh, you know, he went down. But All right, then, going around the table, who's who's everyone's man of the match? I'd, I'd pick him James for me. I, I just, I don't think he was outstanding or anything. Um, but I just, I don't want to pick Pickford because that makes Scotland look too good. Um, so I'm, I'm going for James. I thought he had a decent enough game. I'm going to go with Pickford um, just for the main reason that I've called him out a fair few times now and he has had two decent games and I say he did pull off some good saves so for that reason uh, more like I say for the fact they have called him out I think he uh, respect where it's due yeah I'm going to give it to him I think potentially an argument could be made for John Stones I think he had a very good game in you know, in, in the context of it, you know, obviously we were fighting for our lives in the last 25, 30 minutes, but it has to go to Pickford for me. He he was commanding at the back, which is what we need right now. 
it's a crazy one, and it we just think we just come off the game off the back of a game with Scotland, and you know between us we picked a, a right back and goalkeeper as a man of the match against Scotland. Um, it's not what you're expecting at all, is it? But is it just maybe arrogance on our part that we were just expecting to sweep Scotland aside? I, th- I think potentially the biggest thing that it might come down to is experience. And I don't want it to be the case because obviously we do have a young side, but it's a young side full of skill and talent. However, you know, Harry Kane was meant to be the leader and he wasn't doing it. And after him, there's just not a lot of experience in in that side. So, you know, potentially I think that might be the issue. It, it, It probably isn't, you know, it's probably just a general we're scared of Scotland thing. And if that's the case, then the thing that actually gives me more worry out of the game is, you know, when it comes down the line and we could potentially get Germany in the next round, that that's, that's what's worrying me because that's a bigger rivalry for me than Scotland ever will be. It's, you know, it's historical. It's, it's, it's dirty. These two teams hate each other and we always have. Whenever we come against each other, it's always a dirty, horrible game. We never had in my lifetime anyway against Germany. Obviously, you know Italian night, Euro '96, uh, the last uh, 2010 we, World Cup. 2010 World Cup. You know they've knocked us out every time, apart from that five-one that we had. Um, when was that? Two. Was that not too uh, Fifteen or sixteen was the most recent time we won. I, think. I don't remember us ever turning Germany over. Other than that, they've mainly made us look silly. So I fear Germany, but even though I, they, I picked those as my favourites to win the tournament, um, I actually fear France more now. All the big guns look good. They, they, the past game, they've all looked good, but France, I mean, yeah, they look solid. I mean, I was impressed with Pogba. I mean, I don't get to watch him week in, week out because I don't take much interest in United, but when I do, he's he plays shit. Yeah. But lot to see he's a completely different player for you, for France um and yeah they, it's got random though isn't it, it? it it is and I think he he probably got more commitment to France than he has United as well maybe that's got something to do with it um but you look at him and you think god I'll take him in a Liverpool side but then you the week after say playing for United he's dog shit yeah um it's same with Pickford, though, isn't it? I suppose playing for Everton, he's dog shit. He's, uh, but then, like we touched on last week or the week before, it's the players you've got in front of you, isn't it? But I think really the uh, the big guns have started to uh, show their worth, haven't they? They all look pretty good. I mean, it's hard to look past Italy. It really is the way they've been playing the dark horses two two uh, pods ago, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm still standing by Italy can't be a dark horse. I'm not, <laughs> not, not accepting it. They're like three or four time World Cup winners. It's, it's, it's insane to call Italy dark horses. Uh, just quickly going back to England, then obviously it's Czech Republic next. Um, as we say, a draw will you know have us in. Uh, what would that put us on? Five. The draw will put us on five points, which will guarantee us a, a runners-up position. Um, so I suppose that's the that's the what we need to that needs to be the minimum, doesn't it? A draw. We just can't lose to Czech Republic. Um, 
What changes are we making for that game? Obviously now, Mount isn't. You've got that position freed up, haven't you? You've got. I mean, Chilwell hasn't played yet anyway, so that don't really matter. I personally would start. I'll drop Kane. He won't drop Kane. Let's be honest. I'll drop Kane. Uh, I'll drop Sterling. You've got to give someone like Sancho a run. There's just it, there's just no excuse whatsoever to to say experience and age is it. If he's there, he's good enough. I think him. I think possibly Bellingham. I wouldn't play with Rice and Phillips again. Set up too defensively like that. I think you you, you play one or the other. Um, maybe if he's got the balls to drop Kane, maybe start with Calvert Lewin. It's a tricky one. I can't see him dropping Kane. I I really can't. And it's uh, and it goes back to you know that sort of thing about not dropping Sterling. But Kane is different in it. Kane's obviously is. Oh, he won't drop him. Yeah. And I don't think as much as that, much as it annoyed me that you know he's not had a good couple of games. I don't think Calvert Lewin will come in as a starter and uh, be better than what Kane would be as a starter. But I do think potentially, if it's not working, then Calvert-Lewin could replace him and maybe that could work. But I think dropping Kane is probably not the way forward for me. Um, but I think dropping Sterling, is uh, it has to happen. What do you reckon, Dan? Absolutely. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at it from a sort of semi-sensible point of view, but I also think a lot of changes need to be made. So, you know, from from the top down, I think Kane is going to start. You know, you can't drop the captain. Um, but underneath, Sterling's out. I personally would put Rashford in. He's had a much better season than the other options available on that, that left side. So I think it has to be Rashford for me. Um, I would put Foden central rather than on the wing. And I would put... Um, sorry, uh, I'd put Grealish uh, in on the the right side, or even potentially swap Grealish and Rashford and put Grealish on the left and, and Rashford on the right. But you know, Grealish has to come in uh, to this game. You can't start him from the bench again. Bellingham in for Rice, Calvert Lewin, not Calvert Lewin, sorry, Kim, Calvin Phillips uh, should start in the defensive midfield role, and then defensively, Maguire in for Mings. Trippier in for, for Rhys James. And if you have to drop Luke Shaw, then potentially, yeah. But I wouldn't personally do it. And, and that should be the team that plays the rest of the tournament for me. Mings has been solid, though, hasn't he? He's been good, but Maguire's still the better player. That's the problem, isn't it? You know, we go back to sort of form, but then we also have to take into account the, the quality of players, can't we? And Mings, he has been solid. But at the same time, I, he doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence. And I know that sounds harsh to say when he's had a you know a couple of good games, but you know you put him up against uh, Croatia and Scotland is a different kettle of fish to putting him up against uh, potentially Germany or France. Do you know what I mean? And I would much rather have Maguire as an option than the Mings, even if Mings plays against Czech Republic and is man of the match. If we end up going up against one of the big boys in the next round, I'd still select Maguire if fit. I get what you're saying. I do get what you're saying. Um, again, you go. I think you're going for the name, ain't you? Really, it's like saying, would you drop Phillips and bring Henderson in? Henderson's a better player than Phillips, and I know a lot of people will sort of um, want to debate that. 
but you, you need to stick with form, don't you? You've got it's to. different at the back, though. That's the problem. Remember the last line defence, you know, between, you know, him and Pickford. If he makes a mistake, then, you know, it could, whereas if you make a mistake in midfield, you can recover, can't you? I just think for me, it's it's not so much about the fact that Maguire's the name. It's just the fact that because he's a defender, that's what worries me. And I think, you know, we have to have solid defenders against teams like that. Cause we haven't conceded yet, though, have we? No, that, that is a place <laughs> well done on finding the, the, <laughs> the positives. Um, but yeah, no, we haven't conceded against the mighty Scotland or Croatia. But yeah, I mean, I suppose um, changes have to happen. I don't think he will have the balls to not play Grealish that next game. If he doesn't play Grealish, I'll be very surprised after the backlash. Then also that might also says a lot about his character if he does cave, doesn't it? Is he oh. yes man that said he was i'd like to see him drop kane i think that would say so much about him as a manager and let's be honest any other player on the pitch who'd have two poor games wouldn't be starting and yeah you can say he's captain and number one player but i think you've got to you've got to drop him i think i think the conversation would be different if we won the game against scotland if we'd got a jammy goal from anybody on the pitch I think dropping Kane would be less of a big deal. But we are going now into this game against Czech Republic, which may even potentially be must win. It certainly must not lose. We can't afford to, to make that gamble on, on Calvert-Lewin starting the game. Or even potentially Rashford in striker. I don't think we can make the gamble. Rashford's we a fantastic player. We know he player. will come good, don't we, Kane? We know he will He'll go out and get a hat-trick against Czech Republic. If... <laughs> after you said to drop him yeah it, it's bound to happen isn't it it's, but he just seems so he, he, I know he's not the quickest anyway but he he just seems so slow he seems a bit lazy yeah, he seems a lot off the pace doesn't he is there anything else about the, this game that we've not covered I think we've I think we've touched on it I mean there wasn't a huge amount to talk about anyway was there I tried to sort of make a conversation out of it I think I've given enough digs about Scotland. I think I've got enough subtle digs in there without sounding bitter. I've paid them some compliments. Um, do you think I've done enough, though, enough subtle digs? I won't be satisfied if I haven't. There's definitely enough digs in there, yeah. <laughs> You've not made much uh, reference to them, you know, playing for their freedom or, or, or things of that nature. Right, we're talking about the rest of the groups and the dark horses after this break. I'm just going to grab a beer. Hang on. Yeah. Just like to take this opportunity to thank our episode sponsors for supporting this podcast. To smell like success, there's only one cologne for you, and that's Odie Gooch, endorsed by Jerry Chim Lowe. I can't believe he got caught again. He just don't care, does it? Is it genuinely a Gooch scratch and sniff, or is he just completely oblivious to it? Do you think it's like a like a subconscious thing, like he just doesn't realise he's doing it? But surely he must when he gets the niff. Yeah. It's a strange one, isn't it? Like I say, he's obviously seen the memes. He's he's he's, he's seen social media. He knows the whole footballing world talks about it. I don't know, it could be some sponsorship deal that he's got, couldn't it? Scratch and sniff posters. <laughs> Might be one of those situations like with the Sutton keeper in the pie. Yeah. Maybe yeah, he's got be. bets on himself getting caught. Oh, can you imagine? Like Sky Bet have like, you know, 30 to 1, Jared Low to scratch his ball bag and have a good sniff. And he 30 to 1, that's, that's a good price. It's more like 4 <laughs> to 1. Puts his money, yeah. 
puts his money on it, you know. It's uh, it's a fair point. We wouldn't be surprised if we see in two months' time that he's charged with uh, a betting scandal. Yeah, it just it just it's bizarre and it's bizarre behaviour. But you know, it's weird because he's like he's a German hero, isn't it? Because obviously he won the World Cup with him, and I know this is his last tournament, but it will still go down as a you know one of German Germany's legends. And uh, that's what he's known for to me, scratching yeah. his scrotum. But he he shakes the players' hands, doesn't he? And the, obviously the, the opposition manager, they shake hands and things. And they must talk about him, like behind his back. It's funny. I did see a tweet actually where uh, someone said, "Thank God for COVID." And they know they don't have to shake his hand. <laughs> anyway, I think we should just move on to the the rest <laughs> of the Euros quickly. Uh, but before I do, excuse me, I'm just gonna just have to move a bottle. Was it a, pep- a Coke bottle? That's it. Oh, yeah, right. He moved the bottle, literally just moved it and because it was in his way. And like Lad Bible and all that were going, this is brilliant with all the crying, laughing faces. And everyone was like going mad for it. Like, all right, legend. And it's like, couldn't move the bottle. Well, oh, no, no, no. Because he, he moved it and said uh, water, so. not Coca-Cola, didn't he? He knocked four or five billion pounds off Coca-Cola's shares by... Yeah, their market value dropped. Yeah. And then Pogba did the same thing with a Heineken Zero and their market price went up. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Anyway, Group A, that's now final. I can't believe we're at this stage now where the groups are almost done. It's absolutely insane. It's gone so quick. Uh, Italy topped that group. Clean sweep. Um, Dark horses, Kev. They weren't my... Let's just clear up. They weren't my dark horses, were they? You actually said Wales is your dark horse. I went with Holland originally, and then because I wasn't allowed Holland, I said Wales. So, yeah, Wales technically are my real dark horse. To be fair, we all wrote off, I think, before the tournament. Obviously, they're in the group with Switzerland and Turkey. Turkey played three, lost three, uh, which is, I think, all of us were sort of saying what a good side they were. Well, they have the players to be good, don't they? But obviously, it's just one of those situations where it doesn't come to in the uh, the national stage. They look far too timid in their games. Oh, yeah, very much like us. One thing I don't like about this Euros is this format, and I know it's the same as the last one. I don't like the, you know, the six groups with the could you go through, could you not go through by finishing third. You shouldn't go through for finishing second from bottom in a group anyway. That's how Portugal won it last time. They finished second from bottom, and they ended up going on to win it. I don't... I don't like that. I think, you know, have four groups and just the top two go through to the quarterfinals or extend it to the eight groups and then have a full second round. But it's still the top two that goes through, you know, like the same uh, structure as the World Cup. I just I look at Switzerland there, third in Group A and Switzerland could go on and win this tournament by finishing second from bottom. It's just insane. It's almost like the playoff position, isn't it, for the playoff final, like, you don't te- you don't have to finish third. Yeah, you could finish sixth and get promoted. Couldn't yeah, you? and it is a bit of a kick like in the it. teeth to the the teams that finish above. Yeah, of course it is. This this I just think the group stages are just pointless if you're going to do that. But to be fair, going back to Italy, they've had a really good tournament, and you know I guess home advantage plays a little bit part of it. A weak group plays a big part in that, but. They've looked better than, I suppose, most people were anticipating. And now a lot of people are saying they're one of the favourites. Yeah, they look solid, don't they? Uh, 
people may be getting carried away. They've not come up against anyone of any importance yet, really, have they? But they do look a good side. Um, and they haven't conceded in 11 games. I think San Marino and, I don't know, someone like Uzbekistan are in that list. But still... <laughs> Still takes a lot, doesn't it? 11 games. I think, what was it, like 1,100 minutes or something they haven't conceded a goal in. It, yeah, it'd be in that ballpark, won't it? I ain't I got the, the old calculator out, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be around that. And this, it's a long time, but, you know, I suppose historically Italy have always had, you know, strong defences, haven't they? But I suppose from my point of view, I, I just didn't consider them sort of favourites or... Because they weren't in the last World Cup, they just weren't in my mind. Same with Holland. Um, group B, uh, Belgium are top in that group. They're going under the radar a little bit, aren't they? I think out of all the top teams, we spoke about Italy, Germany, France. Belgium just seem to be sort of like I say creeping under the radar. Not much is being spoken about. I think it's because yeah, they're just, not one of the big boys yet, are they? Well, they, they're number one in the world, though, aren't they? They, they are, are. They are the number the one. top side. Yeah. But I think, I, I guess it just comes down to the group that they're in. You know, everyone's expecting them to ruin each time, ruin each side that they're against. So, you know, these these results aren't coming up as a shock. But, I mean, if you look closer into the games, especially that Denmark game, obviously Denmark led quite early, they had to bring on... I think it was uh, En Hazard and uh, De Bruyne in like the 60th minute to to shift that game and De Bruyne created some madness when he came on and and eventually got the result. So yeah, like it's just expected at the moment from Belgium. I think when they come into the, the later rounds of the tournament, the quarterfinals and so on, they're not going to do well and they'll probably go out early. Yeah, no, I, I think I agree with that. I, I can't see them. Uh, I can't see them going on to actually do anything even now. Um, Group C, the other dark horses, Holland, with my actual dark horses, which were Austria, um, who are both through. That group's finished now. Um, Holland finished top, Austria second, and Ukraine have to wait. North Macedonia, yeah, they didn't. Uh, they didn't get any points. It's an easy group, in it? I think they look good. They're the second best team in the tournament so far. But, let's say, the group they're in, same with Italy, the group they're in, you'd expect them to be where they are. You'd so be more that. surprised if they didn't finish top of this group, wouldn't you? Yeah. But then I suppose people said that about England in, in Group D. And like we say, we're, you know... It's not looking great. Not looking great, is it? What about Group E, then? Sweden, Slovakia, Spain... And Poland. I think it, Dan. I think it was you who called Spain. Um, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was you who called Spain. Yeah, I, I said Spain, and then you guys said I couldn't have Spain, so I said Poland. <laughs> they're in that transitional stage that a lot of international teams go through, where you know all their big players are, are, are leaving, and they're bringing in this massive influx of youth. Um, it's going awfully for them so far. They look really crap. Yeah, two draws so far. Um, one against Poland. Uh, what against Sweden? Obviously, they've got Slovakia in the last game. Uh, I'd see them against Slovakia, but of course they picked up a win um, against against Poland in the first game, so they're actually fit, sitting in second. So, um, I mean, Spain could still win this group uh, potentially. Um, I think who's yeah, I think Sweden have Poland. So, 
yeah, that Spain could still qualify. And like I said, they've not lost yet. They've just not won either. But if you remember Portugal, they didn't win their first, any of their group games. And they went through on this ludicrous third place thing and, and went on to win it. So you never know. Um, no team in that group, though, I think is worrying me in terms of potential future threat. No. And that brings us on then to the group of death, France, Germany, Portugal, Hungary. Uh, obviously, Germany pulled it out of the bag against Portugal, didn't they? Ronaldo uh, gave them the lead um, after a quarter of an hour, and then they scored two own goals. Um, and then, uh, what was that, 16? Then uh, Havertz made it 3-1. Um, then it went 4-1 before uh, Portugal grabbed another one. So, um, yeah, I mean, to be fair to to Germany, they they did look good. Um, So so these own goals, though? Well, Portugal didn't give up, though. I mean, they they were pressing and they were pushing to to get back into the game. I mean, I don't know if you see that shot by Renato Sanchez hit the post. That had a ridiculous amount of pace on it. I mean, that goes in. You're talking 4-3 and the game's back on. It didn't look bad at all, Portugal, I don't think. Um, I think, you know, Germany were just, for me, just far more clinical than they were. And this is what I was saying before about not writing Germany off. I'm still quite confident in my uh, prediction of Germany to win this. Uh, France won both games so far. France drew against Hungary. Well, I mean, I said in the first game when they played Germany that I wasn't overly worried by anything in that game. They didn't show me anything that I, I thought, Jesus Christ, we might be, you know, looking at, the greatest team ever like they look good but nothing special i still wouldn't want to face them though i still want oh, of course to any, any of these these teams i don't i don't think 11 to 11 we're better than portugal and i stand by that but it's portugal they do us over every single time yeah so draw them we're out if we draw germany we're out because they do us every time france um you know i, I don't think they're they're probably marginally better than england in terms of you know, as an overall, I just think they they turn us over. Personally. I saw there was a time traveller on Twitter, and he he's gone to the final, and uh, it's a France England final. They beat us two one. I can't remember who scores for them, but I know Mason Mount scored for us in about the fifty sixth minute. So is that Paul the Octopus? No, it's someone else. I can't remember who it was. He he he'd been to the future. He was saying, and I would take a final loss right now you offer it to me yeah because it sets us up for the world cup doesn't it because we're going to have the majority of this squad going into the next tournament you know barring injuries i've not seen as you know any success and either as dan from a you know a club point of view either obviously kev you're liverpool fan so obviously you've seen champions league finals and stuff like that but pretty well, shit we've got a trophy the this final though i would oh. keep that to yourself dan that trophy is <laughs> diabolical <laughs> you can set a pot deal in it did you see they were offering people to go and have their photo taken with it? Yeah, it's, it's not a photo you want taken, really, is it? You know, you would not. I see mean, bigger trophies at Sunday League. Let's talk about Ronaldo just for a minute. Uh, when he's not moving Coca-Cola bottles and uh, you know giving content to the Lad Bible, he's uh, he's turned it on. He's thirty, what six, thirty-seven, and he's he's still doing the business in it. He's insane for an old man. He's got a couple of years left yet, still, hasn't he? I mean, he, if he wanted to now, he could probably go over to retire, go over to the MLS, easily play another five, six, seven years even over there. 
So he will keep playing till till he can't, I suppose. It's that fitness, though, isn't it? You know, it's it's, it's not drinking Coca Cola and it's drinking Evian instead. That's uh, you know made him that because he's you know physically he's obviously massively fit in this, which obviously allows continue playing at the, the level he is but of course he's not in his prime anymore of course he's not it'd be ridiculous to say he is but he's still a great player but no one really at his age still plays at the level he plays at he's done everything now hasn't he i mean he's he's had every he's won everything and he hasn't won the world cup has he but he's won everything other than that he's, he's euro's he, top scorer he, he, yeah. what what challenges i mean does there come to a point where I suppose when you've been in that mindset and that lifestyle of your whole life of eating like that and committing your life to it, you don't just stop. So I don't think it'd be a case of his sort of his fitness sort of levels and he wants to back off in that sense. But mentally as a challenge, once you've won everything, what do you do? There's one big variable, I think, with Ronaldo's career, and that's his, his knee injury, because he's got um, I forget that. I think it's tendinosis or something like that so it's um basically his his knees sort of gradually fading away and it's it's basically going to give up one day um and he's had that since since the euros you know he went off sort of um towards the the end of the game that was because his, his knee was fucked basically so that that's the only variable in in his sort of career at the moment whether that sort of continues whether he can sort of delay it as he is doing now um for for as long as he can so yeah he's, he's probably got a fair few years in him if he wants them but it's like you said there's no challenges for him you know he's not in his prime anymore he probably isn't at the the level where he can compete to be the best player in the world anymore so i guess this potentially could be the last tournament we see ronaldo in I think it will. I think potentially the next World Cup, because it's only 18 months away, I think we might see him in that World Cup, but that absolutely will be his last. This will be his last Euros without a shadow of a doubt. And is there anything on the other groups we've not touched on? Mate, you've always coming in on his parachute. Oh, yeah. Playing bloody Warzone. Who was that? It was a Greenpeace activist, apparently. What was he protesting against? Killing. What the Greenpeace? Is it. Cutting trees down or animals, one or the other, isn't it? Might be both. Or climate and something or other. It's the save the world and save the dolphin sort of thing. So, yeah, it's one of them. And uh, it's bloody hell. If he'd have got any more tangled up in that spider cam, he could have dropped to his death very easily. Yeah, you weren't anticipating that at all. Could you imagine his, his reaction when he got his foot caught in that? He just more, must have been thinking, oh, fuck you now. Yeah. And yeah, when he went towards the, the stands, did it? He was just, oh, he must have shat his pants. 12 fans injured, apparently. He didn't touch anyone, did he? Oh, not that I saw, but I don't know if sort of Cameron fell off. Fell or, someone. Yeah, they were saying 12 fans are injured. I don't know if that's a compensation claim or, or what. That's what I'd be doing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, other than that, I said there's not been. It's just been a nice, steady tournament for me. It's been enjoyable, uh, you know, nothing nothing major. But it's still early days, isn't it? I don't know why it just feels late for me. So, um, just to go back to, obviously, England, Czech Republic quickly, round the table, score predictions. I'm going one all. Ooh, 
I'm going to go 2-0 to England. I was going to say 2-0 until I saw a stat saying that we've got the second lowest shots on target rate of the tournament so far. 1-0. <laughs> um, one, one to England? Yes. Okay. You had to think about that then. Um, I did. Because <laughs> I don't think Czech Republic are going to be easy. I know we spanked them in the, the Nations League. Was it Nations League or was it the qualifiers? I know we turned them over, didn't we? But I don't think they're going to be easy. I've watched them this this uh, tournament so far and they played well. So I'm uh, I'm, qu- I'm quite confident that it's going to be a draw. Um, anyway, that brings us on to... Calm down, calm down. It's Kev's tip of the week. Um, I think my tips are a little bit too far-fetched. But I'm struggling to get odds for them. But the tip that I'd like to go for and I'd like to try and find is Italy to win the tournament and not concede a goal. I don't think that the odds will be too long on that because I bet that's quite popular. Well, Skybet refused to give me the odds on the goalkeeper scoring, didn't they? Um, yeah, that was bizarre, that was. Yeah. I don't understand that. But then again, there was another keeper scored yesterday. Yes, yes. Yeah. So maybe um, it's like a new new thing. We'll sit, start seeing it a lot. I think if anyone could find odds on Italy to win and not concede a goal, I think you'd get decent odds on it. It's He's on tweets to Paddy Power. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, I'd say I tried the Skybet one and they just point blank refused. So, it's on principle, you're not my, asking them again. Yeah, my, um, what the affiliation with them now is out the window really and is it like Ronaldo and Coca-Cola it's very much like that yeah if there was a, if there was a Skybet logo next to me on the table now it would be moved so we'll go I'm going to I'll speak to Paddy Power see if we can get some odds on that but I think yeah it could be a could be a good little bet that good yeah keep us posted because I generally uh might put some money on that myself to be honest which very rarely happens for one of your tips Kev because Let's face it, we have this feature because it's just a running joke because you're such a shit gambler. Yeah, very true. Um, It's time now for Savage of the Week. Savage of the Week. So put that on your radio station. So for those listening who uh, don't understand what Savage of the Week is, who haven't listened to our previous series of podcasts and radio back in the day when we used to record on live radio, there's certain words we couldn't say. So um, we had to use Robbie Savage to disguise the word cunt. And that's how we came up with Savage of the Week. And uh, we're bringing it back for the Shearer's Island Euro 2020 series, um, just because it was a such a great feature. Any suggestions for this week's Savage of the Week? Maybe Ronaldo for being a... Penis. To be fair, you, you, yeah, you could say that. To be fair, Ronaldo is probably more than a parachutist. He's just wiped five billion pounds off a company. <laughs> you can't get any more savage than that, can you? That's a fair point. And <laughs> the thing is, he did it just to, you know. To, it, yeah, to, yeah, it was. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. He knew. Just because he doesn't like Coca-Cola, he didn't have to move the bottle, did he? It wasn't inconveniencing him. Well, look at me. I like, I, like, I like water, not Coke. Shut up and drink the Coke, mate. You Wasn't know that's he what he's Pepsi doing. Out is that what it was? I'm sure he was in a Pepsi advert a few years ago. That's probably what it was then. So he's done it for money. <laughs> Maybe he put bets on them uh, on their price to go down. Yeah, I bet he did, didn't he? Mine has to be, obviously, between the parachutist for nearly wiping 12 people out and Ronaldo for his uh, bottle stunt. But I think anyone who can wipe nearly £5 billion off a company, yeah, wins it hands down. I'm not sure I actually buy that figure. 
That's a lot of money. Why? Why is it? Why have stocks dropped that much just because he moved? No one, apart from you know maybe the odd Ronaldo fan, is saying right. I'm boycotting Coke. No one's saying that, are they? It's definitely not influenced me. It's not influenced me, and I don't even really like Coke. But if I still want to drink it, I'm going to drink it. In fact, I might go after go to the shop after this and buy some just to prove a point. It's probably looking at the bigger picture. I don't, I don't even know. I mean, I wouldn't even know how it works. That's a hell of a lot. I don't know. I don't know what Coca-Cola's worth. So the, their market value at the time was. 238 39 billion oh so they're not going to miss a few bob are they let's be honest well (laughs) you say that but four billion is quite a few bob it's (laughs) it's a lot to be losing off the market value regardless of of what it what it is it is a lot i mean it's yeah it's only small percentage but it's thousands and thousands of millions but if anything you'd think it's give them more publicity because we're sat here talking about it now yeah and you know everyone's listening to this right (laughs) <laughs> it's also produced no end of shit content on twitter honestly you go up and down that feed and all it is is stupid people like sort of doctoring themselves into the side of the picture and pretending to have a coke from ronaldo it's oh, maybe yeah, secretly he's signed a, a secret deal with coke and it's a, just a massive publicity stunt yeah, it's going to come out in the last game, isn't he? With a in a giant, you know, them fancy dress where you come dressed as a giant Coke can. <laughs> I'm do. I am sure he um he's done a Pepsi advert. Almost certain he's done a Pepsi advert. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to find it. If I, I find mean, it would it. make sense because Pepsi is the superior brand. I prefer a Pepsi. I, mean, I prefer. To be honest, I prefer. Well, I do like a Pepsi. Yeah, you know, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I just, I just totally bring out. They have so much more, don't they? Because obviously. They produce like Fanta and everything else as well. So it's not just Coke, is it? No, but it's, it's the same with Pepsi. Pepsi have like Tango. Um, I think it's not in the same league, though, is it? I like a Tango. I like a Tango, but in terms of, uh, you know, market Sprite. Share, I'd say Coke. I was going to say Sprite's Coke. Yeah. Seven up, seven ups Pepsi. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've got to be honest, you know, Pepsi aside, Coca-Cola has the superior drinks for the rest of it. Sprite, you know, it's got to be my all-time favourite soft drink. God, this is a boring chat, isn't it? <laughs> Apparently, Ronaldo's done an advert for Coke. Oh, well, Maybe money talks then. Yeah, 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 he has. I'll, we'll, I'll drop that in the chat and um, we'll post that online. Yeah, Ronaldo has actually advertised for Coke. So I even knew it then. It's an absolute load of bollocks. He has to be Savage of the Week now. Yeah, 100%. So, Cristiano Ronaldo, you are Savage of the Week. What a cunt. Right, thanks everyone for listening to Shearer's Island. Join us next time when we'll be looking back on the Czech game and hopefully looking forward to the next round. Fingers crossed. I'm not that confident. And visit us on the socials at Shearer's Island. Bye.